0: Welcome to Breakthrough the Ordinary Podcast, committed to empowering and bringing a few effective tools and wisdom to live your extraordinary life, here and now, through thoughtful and impactful conversations with leaders, trainers, coaches, and healers. By trusting yourself, you can generate your desires. Your hosts are the sibling duos, Claudine
1: and Mark here. Hi, everybody.
0: Shermonte. And we have an extraordinary guest here today, Allison Pagano who has spent the last 20 years of her life traveling, training, and teaching in the fields of dance, mind-body movement, and the healing arts. She is the creator of Embodied Dance, which combines dance training, performance with energy, medicine, and holistic approaches to transformation. She is um, has a master's degree in fine arts in dance through Montclair State University. She's a former professor and she holds many certifications in body work, healing energy, yoga, health coaching, Pilates, and the Samsung method of teacher training. And I'm so excited to have you here and to understand and to learn what embodied dance is all about.
1: Oh, she's going to show you. <laughs> it's just unbelievable. So I, I think start in the beginning. Start what what influenced you? What brought you to this path in life Mm -hmm. so like what influences people experiences you've had
2: absolutely thank you so much for having me this is really an honor to uh, be here and to share this um it's kind of a evolutionary revolutionary approach it's constantly teaching me um i want to say i started the embodied dance method almost 20 years ago when i was living in australia and um I was having a (laughs) really hard time with an eating disorder, and I was like skin and bones, and um, I could not figure out what was going on within me, and I ended up taking a um, class called spiritual well-being from an aboriginal woman, and um, I had no idea what that meant or what I was getting into, but we started learning about transcendental meditation, and... Chakras and healing and all of these things that felt really familiar, but I had not yet experienced and things started opening up in me And I started understanding more about the energy body where I could Begin to realize what it was that was going on with me in the moment. So I started realizing that There's things going on in my energy body that I can work with and that I can access and I can do something about this I don't have to stay in this place of feeling really shitty all the time excuse my language so um, we had to give like a 20-minute presentation to the class of our concept of the divine at you know 20 years old. So <laughs> um, our class was held in a dance studio on campus because they had no other place for us. So um, I took it upon myself to go in there uh, week after week and just be with the things that I was discovering about myself that were really uncomfortable and the things that uh, I didn't really understand. And I just allowed my body to... Open in different ways that it hadn't before. Um, And it began to show me, as it still does, um, what it was that was really keeping me stuck, what it was that was making me feel, all of these things. And then understanding also which part of it was mine and what was other people's. And anyway, there were so many things that were opening up that ultimately, doing that week after week, I began to formulate um, like a half choreographed, half improvised thing that I ended up showing to the class. Um, (laughs) And it was such a raw, transformative experience to be seen in that place of not really being sure of what I was doing, and then to receive such feedback on it. Um, And I want to say that from that moment on, there was an integration period where I kind of began to heal, and I learned how to eat again, and I learned how there was more for me and there was something else and that there was this also opening path of spirituality that was really expansive and really um, daunting, but it felt like there was a light. Um, So that was the beginning of it. And I want to say that pieces of that part of that method is still what I use with people today. Wow.
0: Okay, so I appreciate the origins and the power it had and it sounds like really it really was a self-generated experience. Could you explain for us now, then, how do you describe and engage people in embodied dance? What is embodied dance? Maybe that's where we should start. Yeah, sure.
2: Um, well, you know, just to be clear as well, because what I've done my whole life is being in a teacher, I've, I also teach just, you know, actual contemporary modern dance, ballet, and I do all of the, I want to say, regular dance. You know, I'm a trained dancer <laughs> on all those levels. But um, and I still teach, you know, like when I uh, when I work with Diane and such, you know, I it's a lot of it is dance, just regular dance. So in the embodied dance method, when I'm consciously working with a person and their stories, what it is that we do is we're kind of self sourcing the material from that person's experience. So it's not just about me taking my ideas and putting my choreography on someone, but it's saying, hey, what's go- what's going on with you? Where is it in your body? What is it feeling? What is the story there? How does it need to move? Um, and you know, how do we work through number one? If you have limiting beliefs around why they're why this is choosing to be with you right now, how do we move through those limiting beliefs by rewiring our movement patterns? Um, because in terms of movement. The brain you know, has more activity during dance than almost anything else that you can do. So I always felt like it was the greatest opportunity for you to rewire the neuropathways and to be able to create new patterns. So um, that's part of the uh, body work and the body language training I've done. So there's that and then it's you know, what types of energy do we need to bring in to support this person in their transformation? So what I do is I create what I call a personal choreography for a person. And um, this is a very uh, intimate method, I want to say. So it's really getting to know a person and using a lot of intuition and um, letting it unfold. Because so much of it doesn't come from the mind, it comes from the body. That's what the difference is. And it's really allowing your body to speak and allowing that to be the guidance. Um, And that's actually what I ended up doing my master's degree when I did my thesis. That was really the the crux of it.
1: I think I want to take a
2: class. (laughs) I, I was actually really having
0: don't. the same idea. I'm like, wow, does she <laughs> is she train teachers in Florida? That, that's where I live. I'm like, hmm, is there somebody there?
1: We could possibly. We know enough people in Florida. You can come down and probably teach yeah. a class. Yeah. Really? Amazing. Um, <laughs> I'll be there. So you take people through this method. Now, is this a, a lengthy mm-hmm. method? Is it one time? Is it over months? Is it a do you do courses? Do you is it a program that you put together?
2: Yeah, I mean, it's really on a individual basis. Um, I have worked with groups as well. Um, <clears throat> I want to say I work with people in like four to six month programs mostly, um, in terms of one-to-one work. Um, but it really depends how deep a person wants to go and how much time we have because there's infinite things to work with. So, you know, ideally you want to be with a person, I want to say, uh, maybe a six month, uh, or a six time or a six time minimum of, investigating and unraveling um and then if you're going to perform it maybe more because that's actually the piece that i like to put on top of it is the element of giving them um, an opportunity to be seen in their new pattern so that there's something that happens for them there that they own that and that becomes a part of who they are
1: now is that in private or with uh, that's in, front, in front, of, of a oh,
2: front of a full audience front of a full audience <laughs> yeah wow. like I could over a hundred
1: people <laughs> <laughs> that could be a breakthrough in itself, getting on stage and, and, and uh, being in front of that many people. Wow. I could feel it rising already.
0: Can I ask you, in, in terms of the what you work on in terms of healing, is there particular areas or it's whatever someone brings forth,
2: whatever they're working through, whatever that may be? Um, that's a good question. Um. There's certain things that I work on with people. Um <clears throat> I want to say ge- generally speaking if I have to put it in something it's it's usually their limiting beliefs and the things that they're holding the stories that they're holding in their body whether it's the I'm not good enough, I'm not worthy, I can't, I was told I shouldn't. Um all of those things that every single person has that nobody really admits but it's all true, <laughs> right? We all kind of carry these little these little stories that um are driven by the unconscious. So it's really to pull the veil back on what are the things that are preventing you from actually being and doing and having all the things that you want. What is standing in the way of that? And then if you can pull those layers back and allow that person to fully show up and allow them to be in that. And the whole reason why I I use dance as the method is because when you bring all of that into the body and you express it through the body, it becomes aligned. It becomes ingrained. It becomes something that's part of you. And it becomes something that no one can take from you. It's not like you, uh, you know, just read a book and, you know, you haven't really figured out what that means. It's something that you know that you've been through. So, um, yeah, it's a pretty depthful thing. And I want to say it's maybe not for the faint of heart either. Like, you have to have some courage to <laughs> to really want to know. Um, and it's not painful, I don't think. You know, I think you meet yourself where you're ready to meet yourself. You don't... Um, doesn't mean that you're going to unveil something that you can't handle, because I truly believe you'll just open what's ready to be opened. And um, I feel like I'm guided, I guide them, and it's really about creating a space that they feel okay in, no matter what comes up. Um, Yeah.
1: I I just want to say something, and this is to the audience too, or for the audience really, is you're giving us an amazing tool of transformation, of moving through possibly trauma beliefs whatever it is so what a great tool go find a dance teacher go find somebody who embodies dance at the end of our show you see in the show notes where you can get in touch with Allison you can go she has programs and everything but it's a great tool like to dance it through your body cuz a lot of the teachers and either even Vanderkolk, Greg talks about that it's in your body and so if you're moving your body and working those you're changing the pathways you're changing the body alignment the the whole rhythm of the body the the belief system ideas like the like i see it as you're describing it that you're changing all of those patterns
2: mm-hmm.
1: to something new absolutely and not everything can do that i mean talk therapy has its place and everything else has its place but that movement
2: that body and it was the thing that freed me because i was the world's craziest introvert, like I was just, I locked myself in my room, and I would just like stretch and write stories as a kid, I was so highly sensitive, taking in information all the time, and until I started moving, I did not know what to do with all of this feeling, and um, the fact that movement gave me an expression and a release, and I was like, oh wow, I'm not carrying all these things anymore, Um, I realized that also the dance world is, you know, somewhat abusive in a way, where okay, you know, I'm feeling really free and excited, but I'm also, you know, in a space where there is a lot of yelling going on and a lot of really nasty things being said. So um, I came to dance a little later in life. Um, I probably, you know, I didn't start when I was three or four, and there's some reasons for that. But um, I think that part of my personal vendetta is to be a great teacher that doesn't ever have to go to that place of abuse to get a student to do something magnificent or amazing that you can cultivate and pull out people's gems in a different way and you don't ever have to um, make them feel horrible about themselves in order to make them a better dancer so that's a big part of why I teach and why I want to teach teachers as well so side note
0: I'm sitting thinking about the neuroplasticity aspects and the cathartic aspect and in that space when someone particularly I'm thinking of the dance when they do it in front of 150 people and they see and embody and experience, their, their, their other, op- say their other potential, right? This is, this is available to them because they created it. Is there also an emotional release that occurs in the, the, the sessions or lessons? I'm not sure what you call them. Um, and it, could you walk us through what that might look like or an example perhaps that you can share with us in the audience?
2: Yeah, I mean, all the time, it's um, it, it's work that definitely brings you to tears, because there's a freeing aspect to it, um, and even in performance in itself, performance, I feel like, is an initiation, if you take it that way, because it's really claiming something, and there's something so different and powerful about doing something in your living room, or in a studio, or then putting it on a stage, you have to be so clear in what you're connecting to in that moment, that... It's it's a game on. It's really a big it's a really a big experience for people, and um, a lot of people you know they're, they have, they're terrified of doing it, but once they do it, there's there's a, a big relief anyway. Um, so an example of a person that I've worked with and something, yeah. So uh, when I was in graduate school, one of the persons I worked with, um, she was a student of mine, and. Um, she would come into class, and she would just, you know, she had full range and capacity of, of movement. She was, you know, had the, the faculties of a dancer and, like, it could do everything. But she would move really small, and she wouldn't really kind of hit the floor. You know, she would just kind of tiptoe around and not really. So I was like, okay, I'm going to work with you. <laughs> you know? And um, what I uncovered with her was that her family had always told her that, you know, she was too much and that, um, you know, she was too delicate for this world, and that, you know, there was too many things going on where she was constantly censoring herself and her expression. And so what I did with her was I would work with her week after week. We would go to the limiting belief. We would kind of go to where it was in the body, what was hanging out there, what it was, how it needed to move, and then we would create some movement on it. And then we ended up creating a full piece. Um, And from that... Time with her and then giving her the opportunity to perform it, she started owning something where she no longer went to class and was in the back of the room. She was in the front of the room. She was traveling. She was expanding. She was taking on uh, the things that she had previously told herself, I can't do this, or, you know, who am I, who am I to do this, you know? And there became an ownership that I saw with her. Um, Justin, I think we worked together like maybe eight times. Um, but yeah, something like that is pretty common to, you know, and it's, it's the craziest thing, but sometimes just to give people permission to do the thing that they want to do is almost that's like the meat of it is just saying, yes, you can do that. I see that in you. That's okay. Let's do it. That's pretty
0: rapid healing in, in lots of ways. And I, I'm, as you described this particular student, I was like, wow, she got to be seen in her full body right like got to be seen heard and you know and uh, experienced and i think there's a, a lot of us who seek that as part of a shift in conversation mm. internal conversation um so i get how embodied dance really allows you especially also by having it performed in front of others it's the witnessing right yeah. it's the witnessing that's the mirror back to her mm-hmm. or whoever um you know whomever does that wow that's a, a beautiful example thank you for sharing that
2: yeah thank you i mean i
0: feel inspired <laughs> I
1: <really laughs> wow i've known allison for a short time um but listening to you i mean we've talked about this but really hearing it from you this way it's like okay i want to try a class okay mm. i'm ready um there's so many dynamic aspects about you from your traveling living in different areas you that warrior woman that warrior goddess whatever that's inside you and stuff how about you share a little about that? I mean, I know you've done something recently. No matter what your take is on vaccines and this COVID, whatever, but you have a, a, a special way you dealt with it and what came right. up in your life. But share, you could share that and maybe some of the travelings and what that taught you or where that where that rose in you. I know you shared in the beginning the African Aboriginal woman, or but, but you were doing things
2: other than that too. So
1: where this all cultivated? Yeah, I've always been an
2: explorer, and uh, even though I've been really introverted, there's always been a, a, probably my curiosity has been, you know, it's like that curiosity killed the cat thing that I have. Um, So traveling was never scary to me, even though I was, you know, the world was weird, and I didn't like the way it felt, but it wasn't going to stop me from doing anything. (laughs) So um, I think, you know, from the time I was 12, I was like the exchange student, and wherever they would let me go, I would just get on a plane and go. and then, um, so yeah, so there was Australia, I studied dance in Europe, um, I I taught dance in the Caribbean, I studied in Brazil, um, I lived in Hawaii, sometimes I forget, because it's been a while now, I've been back in New Jersey 10 years, it's the longest place I've lived anywhere, and I'm ready to go again, I think, <laughs> but I want to say traveling would taught. Uh, you know, what it taught me the most was, number one, you know, kind of wherever you go, there you are. You know, if you don't deal with your stuff in one spot, it's going to keep showing up. Um, And then also that people are the same, looking for the same things, craving the same things, um, wanting the same kinds of connections, and it made the world also feel really small. Um, So, uh, you know, I studied anthropology in college, so it kind of gave me that, like, you know, participant observer perspective of, like, being in something, but also, kind of checking it out and and, um, seeing how people make meaning out of things and what that does for them and their values. and um, It just gave me a really easy way of looking at almost anyone and saying, yeah, we can get along. So I think it just it it made me feel more comfortable with myself. And it made me, I think probably most importantly, one of my deepest values is self-trust. And that's one of the things that I try to share and get my clients... um, to do more. Cause I really think that that's kind of the essence of where everything good lies is having that sense of self-trust and then relating it to my recent <laughs> job that I just left. It really has to do with self-trust. Um, I want to say that, you know, I've been, um, I've been a professor now for five years and it's my absolute joy. I, I love these kids. I love that age. They're so hungry for someone who, cares and sees them and who like really appreciates them. Um, and they're just fun. They're just lighthearted and fun and I can be a, a silly goose, you know, I could just run around and do silly things with so it's fun. Um so you know, I ended up being at a school where they decided that they wanted to mandate these shots for everyone. And <laughs> me being who I am and knowing what I know and reading what I've read and being really connected to my soul, especially this past year, um, I feel like that was one of the main things that happened was so much, of course, got pulled away for all of us, that things became so clear. Um, So I knew that if it came to that, that I would be leaving. And um, it was a hard decision in the way that I was going to miss the kids, and that I was going to, you know, not be able to be with them in the way that I want, and to inspire their growth and all the things that I love. Um, but I, it also felt important for me to see the kid, or to have the kids see someone that they respect walking away and saying, "You know what? There's something here that doesn't feel right for me, and I'm going to honor it because it's more important to be with your own truth than it is to follow everything." You know, and it's kind of like what kept coming to me is, you know, what's right is right, even if no one's doing it. And what's wrong is wrong, even if everyone's doing it. And that's just kind of the way that I felt. Um, so I feel like a person standing in their truth in whatever way is is important. Um, yeah.
0: Just sat here and I was thinking of Brene Brown, right? Vulnerability is the measure of courage. And that is a courageous act to say, "I'm I'm not getting in that arena with you. I trust my arena. Right. You know.
2: And, and that's hard.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah. You're embodying what I feel part of our podcast is really about, is trusting yourself, going in. Yeah, you standing. mentioned that in
2: the beginning. I loved it. <laughs> yeah.
1: In the intro, was that? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> that it is. It's trusting, like the divine is speaking. I know you're very guided. I know you're, you've are channeled through and all. Mm-hmm. And it's it's that piece of trusting yourself and that you are willing. What an example. You are willing to stand. And lose it, lose your job, lose all of that, things you loved for the truth, for what your gut was telling you, what your truth was. What a warrior. So yeah. inspirational. <laughs> First time we do I it, didn't know that I felt, I,
2: but the funny thing is, it's, it's almost like I didn't even realize that that's what I was until this year, because um, I feel like the, the rebel archetype has just like really come out strong. So yeah, anyhow.
0: I'm curious with this choice and ownership of self-trust that you're, you know, you're living by that truth for you, mm-hmm. it, has there been any awakenings or what, what has that opened up for you when you, you claimed mm-hmm. your truth is peace and since that, that decision, and this is one of many, I'm sure, what has opened up for you since then?
2: Well, what's happening is that I'm going full-time with Embodied Dance. That was the last thing really preventing me from doing it. And it was a good thing. You know, it was it was, it was was a good, I want to say distraction, because it wasn't a distraction. But I want to say what's opened up now is that, okay, that this is happening and this is the decision you've made. You are fully in, like, absolutely 100%. All of you is invested in making this your life's work from now until you stop breathing. So... Um, that's a whole nother level of um, the unknown, but it feels it feels really held and it feels really supported, and I trust it because it's exactly what makes sense right now. Mm-hmm. So um I have to trust that that is what needs to happen for um, for me to keep following through with this is that I need to be putting my full focus on it. so, Because academia is, you know, I I can't go in there and do embodied dance the way I want to do it. You know, even though I was hired for, you know, my somatic background, um, you know, there's certain things you have, you have to get through a curriculum, you have to, you know, do these things. And so, yeah. I'm blown away.
0: (laughs) (laughs) A lot to be taken. I have to agree. Lots to take in. And in this space of, of choice, right, I think of that saying, right, when you say, you know, no to something, you say some yes to something else. And clearly, you're living that. And, and in body dance, is there other ways that you're in service to people? I mean, is it, and I'm not saying, is it more? It doesn't need to be more. But is there other ways that this opening is also, you're finding, uh, you know, to be in service?
2: Yeah, absolutely. Well, the funny thing is in terms of, uh, I feel like I've just narrowed it down because I've been spending 20 years of my life more or less being a walking wellness center and like running here and doing, you know, this massage for that person, teaching that yoga class, running over there, doing that healing, doing, and then it's just like pulled all my energy back in and I focused it. So, um, you know, what I do now is my, uh, the focus is really the teacher training that I'm offering. Um, And I do, you know, I do one-on-one with people and I offer smaller um, like five-week programs and nine-week programs. I'm running one right now called Embody Your Dance, which is um, for people to move through each chakra and each energy center and to pull out all of the stuff there that doesn't work for them anymore and to create something new through dance and movement. And it's a it's a group course, so we kind of collectively create choreographies together. And it's just actually, it's really fun. (laughs) And, you know, it's kind of like a great way to, for me, it's like, you know, it's kind of like you create the thing that you wanted, you know, you kind of become the leader that you wanted to find. Um, And it's really about, you know, how do we, um, how do we go through what we want to go through and really support each other and find the things that we're looking for within and, um, you know, using dance for our freedom, for our personal power, for, you know, I feel like everything that you want is through that door.
1: I just want to say, I know women are doing this. Do you have any men in your classes?
2: From time to time, I do, actually, do. Yeah. yeah. I tend absolutely. to be a man that likes yeah. to do
1: things that might be out of the box a little, but this sounds out of the box as a, as a, a man. And uh, yeah, you, you've got me. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to sign up for something, for sure.
0: <laughs> this is clearly a it. successful podcast for your business. Right. <laughs> oh, yes. <laughs> um, How do you live an embodied life? What's that look like for you? What's your practices? I'm a believer our practices create who we are.
2: Absolutely. Thank you for asking. Um, And the funny thing about that is it's so easy to get away from our personal practices when we get really busy and when we feel like, oh, I have to see this person. I have to make sure they have everything they need. And um, You know, I think that's that martyr thing that we learn from our mothers and grandmothers. (laughs) Anyway, so yeah, I have been pulling back and doing more of my own work. And I feel like it always teaches me. Um, well, I want to say embodiment for myself is really just being very curious in life and having, and, you know, having a a strong sense of awareness throughout your day and to understand that you're being guided in that, you know, everything in life is and can be a relationship, you know? Um, so it's really just changing the way that you look at things and changing the way that you interact with things. So it becomes more expansive, um, And yeah, it's easy to get stuck in the mind and be distracted in the world that we live in. And I feel like what embodiment does is it gives you back yourself. It gives you back your power. It gives you back presence. It gives you back aliveness that it's hard to access when we're living from the neck up and we're running around like a nut, which is what I've done also. So it's like I've needed my own practices to ground me for sure. Um, But yeah, you know, the regular things, meditation and when stuff comes up, I just dive into it, probably to a fault. Like, I go heavy and hard in it. <laughs> so.
0: Well, do you do you dance for yourself? Like, if something comes up, right? Mm-hmm. So meditation is more mindful, and, and that's wonderful. So if you do feel something coming up, mm-hmm. will you dance with yourself at your home or wherever you are, and, and to work through that?
2: Yeah, yeah, I've done that. I did that a couple of days ago. <laughs> um, yeah, I do, I do a little bit of investigating first where I'll, I'll ask, you know, what is it that I'm feeling? You know, what is it really about? What is this reminding me of? And I'll kind of, you know, and then what is the meaning I'm giving it? You know, which is usually something big. And it's like, oh, you know, I'm making it mean that um, I don't deserve this or I'm making it mean. And, you know, just understanding that layer which always like breaks something open in me. And then once I have some of that like understanding I'll call material, um, then I can be with that And then the body always shows me more and it shows me like how, um, what's available from there. Um, And it, it usually, I mean, not to sound, you know, too silly, but it often brings me to tears because it's the body is, it's so profound when we just allow ourselves to ride that wave of our own wisdom or what it is that we're connecting to and to trust that, you know, there is something that's guiding and that there is something that's bigger than these 3D bodies that we can interact with.
1: Okay, you've given a lot of tools, a lot of techniques, a lot. But can we refine it right now, what, like, our listeners could do? Mm -hmm. Three simple things or three tools, whatever, that could help them bring some of that presence, some of that embodiment that you have shared with us. Because you have shared, you know, 20 tools, 30, I don't know, I can't even count anymore. But can you give us three specific ones that our listeners could really just try out right now to to presence themselves or really embody something
2: to find presence, to find embodiment. Yeah. Yeah. I think the, you know, the first tool is, is to really, um, pull your senses in (laughs) and to, you know, meet yourself with curiosity of what is it that I'm experiencing right now? You know, and, um, maybe even doing a body scan of, you know, if I close my eyes and I just feel, oh, I see that my, you know, my shoulder's all the way up here. Oh, my, my right hip actually hurts a little bit. And then, you know, it's kind of like allowing your body to kind of come into a more natural posture and realize that, you know, there's, there's a, um, you can kind of refine a lot of feeling just through changing your body language, you know, because sometimes, you know, I would even notice things like that for myself where I'd be sitting all weird and in pain and you just bring some awareness to the body, Um, to, you know, access and understand what it is that you're feeling. And um, what I love to do, quite honestly, um, is to just do a, a connection to myself where I'm just breathing into my heart and I'm bringing awareness to my heart. I'm sending and releasing some grounding energy. I'm finding a relationship to the earth through my feet, through my legs, and I'll consciously think about drawing that energy into the body, and I'll think about reaching up through the crown of the head and accessing whatever in spirit realm I can access, and then drawing that back into the body, breathing it into the heart, exhaling it out, and then just becoming more connected. Um, and that's a really simple thing to do that I walk people through all the time, which is just earth, spirit, heart, and finding those, those points, and you'll, you'll get there pretty quick.
0: As I watched you actually <laughs>
2: embody the
0: practice in, in some ways um i've recently started um, some work with a somatic coach mm. um, i have been one of the people who cut right here and you know my head does one thing the body has been doing something different and that integration right so when clients and i don't know if you do if it's your is, and i don't mean just so i'm not here from a limiting if that's your path in your door i often call it a door we knock and see where we can enter do you do you coach in another way i see you know with mm-hmm. all the so you also will do different forms of coaching so in this time especially in a year of covid um and i know we're starting to open up a little different in in this state than in perhaps florida to do you do that over zoom if yeah absolutely approach you
2: yeah so i've actually uh, one of the the uh, topics that i work on with people is called um impact to income and um it's for, um, <clears throat> I'm usually working with people who feel like they have a really big work to do, but maybe they're getting in their own way. Mm-hmm. Um, so, you know, a person who's in the healing arts and the wellness field or an artist, and, you know, they, they have some blocks to overcome, or they have they just can't really figure out, like, the structure of marketing and how do you engage with this online world. So I do work with people a lot who... Because I really feel like more important than anything right now is to have really strong leadership from people who are of, you know, who, who have strong work from their soul. I really feel like that is the way forward. And at least in my path, that it's my job to help people remember who they are and to support them so that they can do what they came here to do. Um, we're in a really changing time right now. And I think it's, it's crucial that, you know, people are asking the questions to find their path. So, um, I work with people one-on-one with that. And what's been interesting about zoom is that, you know, I've been doing hands-on healing for 20 years. And what I've found is that the healing transmissions and the work that I do, it's like, you know, I don't actually even have to put my hands on someone anymore. I can talk them through a healing transmission through an inner child or a soul retrieval session over the phone or through this zoom. And it's, it's just as effective which to me was really surprising when it first happened. It was like, you're really feeling all that. You're really getting all this. So it's it's pretty wild to see what's possible because it, you know, like we were saying earlier, it makes the world smaller. I feel like, you know, this Embody Your Dance class I have now, I've got students from Sweden, the UK, Mexico. <laughs> so um, it's it's kind of fun to start having an international community come together. And that's part of what I love is is letting people really connect with each other from so many different places.
0: Okay, now I'm really curious. So you're even doing the embodied dance through Zoom. Yeah. So Sweden isn't here. They're in Sweden. Yeah. It's all on Zoom.
1: You hear that, everybody? You can
2: oh, work with Allison mm,
1: from anywhere. Yeah.
0: Oh, but. my God. I've, I made this assumption, you know, that oh, I'm going back to Florida and my my loss, truly, and now I just realize it's not.
2: Oh my god! Yeah. This and is... up until March 2020, it was in person, and then everything shifted.
0: So, I, so yeah. congratulations that you have sent the energy out with strong enough vibe that someone in Sweden has been attracted to you here. In, in I'm not sure if you're New Jersey, New York, yeah. but like that's amazing vibration. Uh, I, I had wow, incredible. So okay, so you're doing coaching. Through certain leadership principles, I'm hearing that, as well as in body dance. And the somatic piece is really consistent. Coming back to home. I, mm-hmm. I call it home. Yeah, yeah. Like, can we come back to home? Wow. that. How fortunate we are. Uh, thank you for being that vessel. Oh, yeah. thank you.
1: I knew you were amazing, but now, <laughs> now, <laughs> I must be like a little child, like Flabbergast. Oh, my God. Like, oh. That's what I feel like I sound like. Because I know you, but the more I listen to you and experience you, I, I say this too when we have conversations or when we hang out. Right, it's right. like, it's mind-blowing. Like, you're you're a very impressive person. Likewise. You, your qualities, your ethics, your integrity, how you love, how you care, how you experience the world, what you give to the world. It, it, it's tremendous. It's, a, it's enormous. And its I feel like you're still in your infancy
2: feels that way, but thank you. Yeah, I feel like I've got, I'm, I'm just at the beginning, for sure. And So yeah, I'm like a yeah. g- groupie, but... Oh, yeah. <laughs> you do sound like that, bro. <laughs> you sound like that.
0: that hey. Flabbergasted <laughs> is going to be the name of this particular podcast, just so you know. Flabbergasted. A flabbergasted
1: groupie. Yes, groupie. the embodiment
0: of, of, of that. <laughs> so I'm, I'm also curious now, because I don't really know the story of how you two know each other. Uh, you know, you, I know I've heard your name, um, but I don't know how you two have met. What's the community connection? Yeah, Go I mean, it. I just
2: honestly just met through Diane, your previous podcast. Um, what, what, what do you what, what do you call that Interview call Guest, guest. Yes, <laughs> I was going to say <laughs> guest. I'm trying to find a fancy word for that. But yeah, so I've been I've been working with Diane. I know Diane from dance, and I've you know also I started creating a, a choreography for her before uh, the world shut down last year, and you know I see her every week. So I think she had brought up maybe, you know, Mark and that she was doing this or something. I don't know what it was. We were having a conversation and I was probably telling her that I was having a hard time just, you know, finding people on a growth path or whatever. And I think she mentioned Mark and it just kind of, you know, we, we spoke and anyhow, I'm here.
0: <laughs> okay, so a little more complicated. Yeah, a little more <laughs> mad. So
2: this is relatively a newer friendship. Yeah, yep. it's been like a month, maybe, around you. it's probably, Really? Yeah. Oh, my gosh. Know, like, family. you talk I, about
0: people being put in your life. Yeah. This is a great example. So, uh, and so family. Uh, yeah. For our listeners and, you know, our family, I'm sure Mark has shared with you, is um, an expansion-minded family, I would say. Right? Um, and, and that's been one of our gifts is to say, whatever door you choose to enter your, your soul, God bless, and share it with us. Um, and, and so, I, I didn't know that. So, I'm, I'm so glad that you... I've been. You two have walked into each other's lives. <laughs> we all we all get to share that uh, that juicy stuff.
1: Yeah, well, I, I think part of it is uh, being open. You're very open. I'm a very open person, and it opens the possibility of meeting people or sharing. And even though we don't know each other, as you experience us, it's like our conversations when we hang out. The the energy that it's, it's exchanged. It, it's it's incredible. It's like expanding all the time. It's like mm-hmm. that's what that one conversation I've been sharing a lot lately was. We were talking about surrender. I had shared it with you too. Is uh, and I'll share it with the audience is we talk a lot about surrender, surrender to the divine, surrender to your gut, surrender. And as we were speaking, it was like, what about going to the next step about being taken? Like surrender still a choice. I can surrender or not surrender. What if I let spirit or divine take me over? And these are like our conversations. <laughs> what would that feel like if I didn't choose anymore? I let the divine take over. I didn't compete. I didn't resist. Um, but this is how our conversations go. They're very yeah. deep. They're very, I love them. I mean, it's like constant It's the juice connection. of life, right? Yeah. yeah it's oh, good stuff. It's you said it. Yummy, yummy, yummy. Yes.
0: Yeah. I like that distinction, and I know you had shared that with me, and I, I it makes me also think of the distinction of allowance.
2: Hmm.
0: You know, because surrender feels like you have to put your your your, your fists down, or like, I'm going to stop pushing against. All right, fine, I surrender. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and Some people are brought to surrender, um, and I have experienced that, certainly through pain mm-hmm. or, you know. Absolutely. Uh, or hammer, which yeah, I agree, there's many other ways. Whereas allowance feels like flow. There's a feminine divine in allowance. Mm-hmm. It's, it's a receiving energy. Um, and taken is another beautiful way. Um, it also conjures up some images and energies for me too. Mm-hmm.
1: Well, I like that. Like the feminine is the allowance and the masculine is the taken. But they're both deep, mm-hmm. like deep. All right, the masculine takes or taken and the mm-hmm. feminine just allows.
0: That's a good one. I like those distinctions. Thank you. I've been at this for 29 years. I got some <laughs> wisdom in there. Yeah,
1: she's a very good therapist. She knows what she's doing. <laughs> <laughs>
0: wow. Well, I, I, I'm so I'm so glad there's this dance too, right? Yeah. There's a dance in relationships and energies that we, we all get to mix together and, and bring. Um, in your, your coaching, because when you were speaking earlier of your travels, I was like, wow, what an expanded worldview Allison has. Hmm. And... You know, being a curious person myself, that would be one of my, uh, I think, adjectives, that I would say. And as you've traveled the world, and I know maybe it hasn't been as often (laughs) this past year, (laughs) um, is there aspects that have really brought back that you go, yeah, this is part of my worldview? America has a worldview, right? Africa has a worldview. Texas has a worldview. And then families have their worldview. And then we have our own. As we go out, we have the the opportunity to incorporate and play with and is there any places that you have seen like that transformation in you and saying well this is the worldview I was raised in mm-hmm. these are the walls and and the gifts right and and now well this is mine like I, this is was my box and now like I right. blew those walls out I'm just kind of curious is when some of the things that you've incorporated or you now say you know this this is mine I defined this
2: yeah yeah I think that's a good, great question um <laughs> I feel like I describe myself as like a um Yeah, I'm kind of like a renaissance soul with a, you know, European (laughs) type, you know, um, understanding for life. And I think what struck me the most about traveling as a younger person was just, you know, the ways of life that we have here. And not that there's anything wrong with it. And, you know, I think there's amazing things and horrible things everywhere you go. That's called planet Earth, right? So, you know, people would ask me, what's it like where you're from? And I would say bigger, better, faster now, <laughs> you, know? Um, you know, to the point where a lot of people can't enjoy themselves, and I felt like living in other parts of the world that sometimes pl- people had nothing, but they could be so present, and they could really just relax and be doing what they were doing, and that was enough, and just to be in that and realize that that was a possibility that, like, you don't have to prove yourself every minute of the day you don't have to be doing 200 things all the time just to feel okay but there's there's other ways of um, there's other ways of living that are much more about livelihood um, instead of just collecting paychecks and you know hopefully having a good retirement which is what we're taught we're not taught quality of life at all and um, I think that that's probably the the biggest thing that I'm still seeking in a certain capacity of finding, you know, I think I was always trying to figure out like where in the world do I belong? But you know, I've come home to myself now and I realize now I'll take that wherever I go. But um, I just want to say that, yeah, slowing down and being able to appreciate the relationships that you have and to, um, feel what's important without, you know, getting sidetracked into your 900 things on your to-do list for your, you know, things that you're never going to remember someday. So, um, you know, it's, it taught me that at a, a younger age, I think. What
0: wisdom. I, I love the idea of livelihood, right? It's livinghood, And, you know, right, We we have livelihood attached to our doingness of right, our profession, I, I, you know, in America, it's like our second thing, hi, how are you, what do you do for a living, mm-hmm. right, it, it, as if that's going to define your beingness and your, your worth in life is, you
2: know, um, versus your, your livelihood, how do you live? Could you imagine if people ask, a- actually asked, you know, instead of something like that, what really fulfills you, right, that's the, that's the real stuff, yeah, right, and most what, people what don't you joy? know, most people don't know, and they'll get angry, yeah, and you
0: change the script on
2: them. Like, wait, wait, what? What?
1: <laughs> we like doing that, though. We like it's that. It's great.
2: I love you guys. You're great for that. <laughs> and
1: I, I, I see you as too big for the world. Like you, to be you, you're, you're, you're trying to be in that one space. I'm like, you're too big for the world. Like you belong everywhere. You're, your your energy is that big that it's not, it's not like in a small space or boxed oh, she's in, in.
0: Sweden. Did you hear her? She's in Sweden. Her energy is all the way in Sweden. Well, I always say,
2: too, what, if you spot it, you got it. So, yeah, it's probably the Whatever same. Whatever you say. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> What's your sources of joy? My sources of joy? Uh, sunlight. A sunlight on the balcony first thing in the morning. My cat. <laughs> um, yeah, being in water, um, having incredible connections with people. Um, being in pure ecstasy of movement. Um Laying in the grass, yeah. Um, Having a really amazing time with a client who is getting through her own blocks and finally realizes that there's something more available for her that she didn't see before. Um, Yeah, so I think those are the things that ground me and that keep me going.
1: You have to see her cat. Her cat is like (laughs) a wild animal. I mean, beautiful. Like, it doesn't look like a cat. It looks like lion-tiger kind of Oh, yeah, she's a special. She's a, a soul. Picture. She's will put it up somehow yeah. <laughs> and, and let them see. You have to see this. Put it You're on beautiful. my bio. <laughs> um, you know, we, we do a, a challenge for um, our listeners. And uh, while wow, you have put so much out there, there's so many kind of challenges. But we're going to challenge the audience. You, you can put it on Facebook, on our pages and stuff. Um, to do some kind of dance. Put on the video and feel your body. Like, you know, breathe and, and move into it. And just express yourself. Could be joy, sadness, whatever it is. Like Allison was sharing about going in your body, find a spot and just dance from that spot. See what see what comes of it, and then call her and work the rest of it. Yeah,
2: yeah that's a great lead-in. Actually, you know, just just finding a place and starting, yeah. starting there. So yeah. do it
1: and and post it on uh, Facebook, Instagram, all that good stuff. We'll uh, put it in the show notes.
0: Yes, and that would be. You know, the PTO, the BTO podcast (laughs) on Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, and um, tag us and like us because that's an important part so we can do that. Or you can email us at the BTO podcast at gmail.com. And that is a picture of you at your favorite song moving and allowing your body to express itself. Uh, And this is the time where we go into fast fire questions.
1: (laughs) Are you ready? I'm ready. There was no prep for this. Not that there was much prep for anything.
2: So how do you define love? It's <laughs> a great question. Um what kind of love are you talking about? Universal love?
1: Well, ha- let's take both, universal love and uh relationship love, closer, you know, closer to home.
2: You know, it's a tricky thing um because, you know, love can be a complicated thing for so many people depending on the families, right? And like what we become attracted to. And we can get very misled in what we think is love um, based on family experiences. So when you go talk about romantic love, um, I've definitely been led down some roads, roads I may not have chosen, but were ultimately f- through, for my learning. Um, but I want to say going forward from that and you know, being in a different place, um, I really think it's about connection. It's really, it's, it's about what two people can open in each other that's greater than just the single parts um it's allowing an inspiration and allowing a growth that's not possible otherwise um and i think it's you know ultimately what i'm interested in or what i think is really amazing and rare is um to have this like synergy that happens right it's like you know when you have two different energies coming together that are really expanding and um you know powerful in their own ways that they can really create something and um, recalibrate both people also to their highest potential. And it's about doing and becoming more than what you can by yourself. You know, it's like having that extra, yeah. I haven't I have. I haven't really seen it <laughs> or haven't really experienced it yet, but I do believe that it exists. Um, and I, I do see people, I, I am seeing examples of people who are living in that. So I think that that's the first place of saying okay I I see that I'm going to allow that and and hold hold what I see Um, I mean I want to say you know what I what I want to say about love is that um, I say you know love it just is going to break all other untruths it's going to um, you know not to sound trite about it but it's going to be the thing that always breaks you through to the other side of whatever it is it's the only thing that um has the capacity of something meaningful and lasting and real. And it's the thing I believe that most people regret not loving enough or especially not, here's the big one, right? Not having the ability to love themselves, right? Nobody teaches you that, why it's important, how to access it or any of that. But that becomes, I think, a big regret is not understanding how to give ourselves the love that we need, um, how to love people the way they need to be loved and, One last thing on that that's hard that I've had to learn is that people can only meet you as deeply as they've met themselves, right? So we may take it personally when someone cannot return a certain amount of love that we may be sharing with them. But if they have not given that to themselves, it's not personal. So, yeah. Thank you. What do you want your legacy to be? Oh, wow, it's a big one. Um... I think embodied dance is going to be my legacy. Um, Having people come back to themselves and really coming back to their bodies. Um, I think that the journey of embodiment is a really important one at this time because of what we were talking about earlier in terms of self-trust. When you can trust your body and you can trust what you feel and you don't have to look outside of yourself for um, validation, but you can own what you know with clarity and truth Um, I think that's kind of the greatest gift you can give to yourself. So I think embodied dance is teaching me until I take my last breath. I am just the channel for it. I don't claim to even, you know, I might talk about it 10 years from now and it might be something different.
1: Mm -hmm. Oh, I'm sure it'll be bigger with you. Uh, So there's a couple questions here I really want to ask you, but this one really sticks out. What in your life makes you feel most vulnerable? And how do you handle that? How do you deal with that?
2: ironically on some level talking about myself and things like this (laughs) it really does quite honestly you know uh, even though I've been a professor and I'm used to like lecturing and doing things if if I have to talk about myself to a group of people like it's really like a it's a confrontational thing for me and it feels awkward so um, I want to say that this is something that you know I'm getting more comfortable with but yeah for sure even something like this is is big
1: happy to contribute yeah
2: thank you i'm i'm a i'm a yeah i'm a spiritual growth warrior so i'm i'm on it
0: <laughs> Can you complete this sentence god to me means
2: that's a great question i um, i'm getting so many different words i'm just trying to find one <laughs> But I want to say, you know, maybe in a, a shorter answer, I feel like it, in terms of what God means to me, it it is that supreme connection that when that connection is unplugged or um, becomes unavailable or we push it away, um, that's when I've experienced the most pain and um, trauma in my life Is is... Those moments when I've pushed that away, when I've said no, I'm not, I'm not going to connect to God. That's not, you know, something for me. That's something other people do. I was raised in a very um, Catholic household, and I had a lot of mixed, you know, things to go through to really find what that was for me. But coming back to that, um, it's, it's your connection. It's, it's pretty much for me. It's everything. Um, being able to, being able to call in and be with that frequency and know that you're supported. And that—that that is the greatest gift of being alive, is to access that level of awareness and consciousness and that that is our, that's what's holding us.
1: Simply blown away all the time. Okay, uh, last one from me. Where in your life are you most authentic and where are you least authentic? Well, mm. you've come across very authentic. You know, we all tend to have our places. You might not, but...
2: Yeah, Um, that's a good question too. Um, I want to say that I I strive for that because I feel like I spent so much of my younger life um, not really knowing who I was or how I felt or any of that that I kind of got really clear at some point that it just felt really good to tell the truth. And the more that I could tell the truth and be really connected and believe everything I said, the more that other people could do that too. So I feel like I, not that I try to do that, but I want to allow that to happen as often as possible, wherever possible, Um, if, are there times where I'm inauthentic, I don't know, I'm a clown, but I'm also being myself, Um, yeah, I I don't know, I mean, at this point in my life, quite honestly, I really don't think there's any situation that I put on airs at all, (laughs) because I feel like I spent so much of my younger life being locked inside myself, and not having, not having an ability to say anything, so um, I feel like, truth is such a value for me, and just being able to speak the truth and share the truth opens something all the time.
0: What are you reading right now?
2: Um, What am I reading right now? That's a good question. Um, I'm (laughs) rereading one of my uh, favorite authors, uh, Richard Brodigan. um, He's kind of a clown. He was an uh, author in the 1960s, and he's uh, written some interesting books, and he's just talk about authentic writing and just humor and um it always kind of brings me to such a raw place when i read his stuff so i'm always reading at least three books at a time by the way
0: okay so what's all the books so it's the
2: books i'm reading um richard broadigan um the other one i'm reading another tantra book because it's part of the embodiment journey i'm trying to learn a little bit more um and yeah, there's, I think maybe, no, maybe it's just two on my bookshelf right now. Yeah, maybe just those two. And depending on my mood, whether I'm feeling funny or, you know, <laughs> sensual, I guess. Um, yeah, and I want to say I write every day. So if there's another book that I always have, it's my journal. I've been writing since I was five, just to kind of get the stuff out. Um, so I write every day. Um, I get a lot of, you know, sometimes things come through that are messages as well. And it's it's been a journey. Journal. I think journaling is a, is a fascinating tool to have and to share and to work with people on, and so much comes out in journaling. So, I want to say my journal is a big part of it. Yeah.
0: If you could summarize for us a, a golden nugget you would like our listeners to say, this. If you can, you hold on to this.
2: What would it be? Mm-hmm. Um, you know, have the have the courage to be curious, and. Um, Have the courage to be curious and to um, be able to get to a place of self-trust where you can source your own wisdom. I think that's my goal.
0: Yeah. And how can our listeners um, locate you, find you, and is there any offerings that you would like them to know about?
2: Yeah, thank you. Um, So um, working on a new website, it's going to be – Embodied-Dance.com, which should be uh, available by the time this goes out. Um, I'm offering a teacher training that's going to be starting in the fall, which is almost a year long, and um, that's also going to be on Zoom. Um, And that is, you know, my Embodied Dance methods that I'm teaching people. Um, But yeah, I'm on Instagram, Embodied.Dance. I'm on Facebook, Alison Pagano, and uh, those would probably be the best ways to reach out.
1: Well, we will reach out. Everybody will. And we'll put it in the show notes. And I just want to thank you. Uh, thank you for honoring us. Thank you for bringing so much wisdom and light and love and
2: much more than I even expected. So thank you. I'm honored. Thank you both for allowing this conversation to happen. I really appreciate it. Yeah.
0: I, I was so curious. And um, now I'm more. And at the same time, in wonderment. So I want to thank you, Allison, for sharing your wisdom, and your approach. Um, yeah, another tool for healing, and I I think it's wonderful.
2: Thank so you, and thank you for pushing me out of my comfort zone. Ah, that's what we're here for. We're right <laughs> beyond the ordinary. <laughs> Push you past your comfort zone. Amazing.
0: So thank you for tuning in, everyone, for another great episode and thank you for listening to beyond the ordinary we hope you enjoyed this episode and our deep dive into another effective tool and wisdom to live your extraordinary life if you'd like to help support the podcast please share it with others post about it on social media and leave us a rating and a review to catch all the latest from us follow us on instagram facebook twitter youtube and linkedin at the pbto podcast thank you again and we'll see you next time